Hey friend, do you know what tomorrow is? It's National Quitters Day. Kind of sad that most people don't make it past the first two weeks of staying committed to what they said mattered when they rang in the new year. But maybe it's not entirely their fault. Because chances are they, or you, did just what the gurus told you to. You made a New Year's resolution. But you didn't do the two essential steps we're talking about today to clearly identify and protect your priorities in life and in business. And no, you can't do it all because that's exactly how you end up doing nothing in no time flat. So whether you're still going strong, barely hanging on, or never even started because you've always failed in the past, this episode is for you. That is, if your goal for this year is to go from busyness to fruitfulness with God. Are you ready to do a little pruning and fence building with me today? Good. Let's dig in. Did you know busy is not just a disordered calendar or to-do list? It's a disordered heart. And a well-ordered life flows from a well-ordered heart that's focused on Him. Welcome to the Redeem Her Time podcast, the go-to place for busy Christian women juggling all the things in midlife and business. From launching kids to aging parents, caring for your needs to serving your clients, investing in relationships to serving in your community. Oh, and keeping up with the laundry, the dishes, and the dirty floors. Honestly, it's a lot to balance. No wonder you feel like you never have enough time. All the time management gurus out there will tell you you just need to get more organized. And chances are you've tried all the things, the planners, the programs, the all start Monday plans, but they never worked, at least not for very long. That's because those don't get to the heart of your busyness. Here, you'll learn how to build a with God life and business and go from busyness to fruitfulness in this season. And it starts in your heart, not in your calendar. Hey, I'm Lissa, Christian time management expert, priorities protector, and recovering should-do list girl. I've been leading, teaching, and coaching Christian women for over 25 years. And I've been right where you are, controlled by all the shuns, expectations, obligations, and distractions. But then God showed me how to redeem my time with faith at the center to let who I am and whose I am guide how I use my time. I'm here to share with you how to use his truth along with time management tools to discover you really do have all the time you need for what you're called to. You just need someone to show you the way. Open up your heart and calendar because I'm going to show you how to redeem your time and stop believing there's never enough. Are you ready? Hey friend, I don't know about you, but I'm not looking for a year of barrenness, aka little to no fruit, or even a year of withered fruit, like the meager harvest of grapes we got at the figgy farm last year that were only good for throwing into the deer pile. I'm looking for promised land-sized clusters of juicy fruit that has to be carried on a pole between more than one person and could quite literally feed an entire family for a long time. That's the kind of fruit that only God can produce. And when the Israelites waited for the spies to return from their scouting and saw it, they could have had only one of two responses. Either A, the fruit of the promised land is only of God's doing, and no matter what giants live in the land, if he says this is what he's giving us, then he will go before us and take care of them and give us the land as a possession. Or B, say, the fruit of the promised land is certainly appealing, but those giants are big too. 
What if they won't let us in? Or worse, what if they overpower us? If only they weren't there, or weren't so big. Maybe then we could go in and just take a corner. Well, when you know the whole story, it's kind of silly that they would even question God. I mean, hadn't they read David and Goliath? Wait, (laughs) that was way after coming into the promised land. So what about when God showed himself to be so much bigger than Pharaoh, the most powerful ruler in all the land? And when he literally walked them out the front door, carrying all their neighbor's stuff when they had been their slaves for some 400 years. It should have, but for all but two of them, it didn't. It's easy to point the finger and say we would have believed when we saw the fruit, and we would have known that it was no doubt from God, and that no giant could stand in our way, except that's often not our default response either. You see, we get stuck in the if-onlys. If only I could see the whole plan and all the obstacles that will come up along the way and exactly how God will help me overcome them, then I will walk forward in faithful obedience because then I know where we're going. Or if only I could figure out where to pencil in time for mapping out my route and taking the next steps towards the amazing promised land that God is leading me towards with that abundant harvest. Let's see. This week, I've got Monday at three or Thursday at six, but then nothing else is open until next month. What? Why is it that we focus on the if-onlys over the with God? All things are possible, especially if he's the one that gave us the vision. That's what we're looking to get past, my friend, at the If Only Conference 2024 that I'm doing with my good friend, Megan Nelson, happening exactly one week and one day from today. We are going to call out those giant if-onlys. If only I had clarity. If only I had time those things that are standing in the way of the abundant fruitfulness that God has for us. And then we're going to move in to take the promised land he's given us a vision of in this next year with him. Girl, I don't know about you, but that gives me chills. So if you're not ready to slay some giants standing in your way, then this is not for you. But if you trust who he is and what he says he wants to do in and through you, even if that's a little or a lot fuzzy right now, and there are some giants in the way, then this is for you and for anyone you know who may not want to waste another year in the wilderness. So be sure to invite them to join us. We want to see an army of women of God taking the promised land like we own it because as his daughters, we do. But you got to take the first step and register and grab your spot. And may I challenge you to have the faith to take a second step towards what he has for you by adding the VIP implementation coaching session at checkout. It's half price if you say yes before the conference. So I promise you'll be so glad you didn't wait. So right now, push pause and head to ifonlyconference.com and grab your spot and start asking the Lord to prepare your heart for what he wants to show you. Speaking of the fruit of your efforts, have you ever stopped to ask what actually takes up most of your time? Chances are it's a little of this and a little of that. So your harvest may be a little lacking. I'm guessing it wasn't because you purposely planted some weeds in your vineyard. Perhaps it's because some random things snuck in that aren't beneficial, you know, like more scrolling than you should, or more snacking than you committed to, or more spending than you planned. But for the most part, those are probably mostly benign. But the thing is, they got your time, they got your attention, and they got your resources. And probably those things you didn't want to grow grew into more than you realized. And are they what you truly wanted to grow in your life or business? Are they truly what would move you towards what he's called you to this year? 
As a Christian woman and as a solopreneur who also juggles a lot of roles in midlife, with someone or something always calling for your attention, you need to be careful about what you're willingly giving your time to. You see, my friend, you need to identify your priorities. And as a daughter of the King, your priorities should be directly tied to your with God life to build his kingdom. Because when your time doesn't align with what he's called you to, it just feels like a lot of wasted time wandering around in circles in the wilderness. The Israelites can attest to that, and I bet you can relate too. If they would have just given their time and attention to who God was, who he said they were, and what he said he was going to do, they wouldn't have had to wait for an entire generation to die out before they could enter the promised land and get a hold of that fruit. They could have been enjoying the fruit right away, if only they had trusted him and prioritized his promises over those proverbial giants that only 12 of them actually saw. I bet they got bigger as the story spread. Which makes me think of a fun song from back in my camp days. Are you ready for this? Here it goes. Twelve men went to spy on Cain, and ten were bad, and two were good. What did they see when they spied on Cain, and ten were bad, and two were good? Some saw giants big and tall. Some saw grapes in clusters fall. Some saw God was in it all. Ten were bad, and two were good. You're welcome. (laughs) I wish we were acting it out around a campfire right now. And even when they did enter the promised land, God told them, not just once, but several times, to remember that they did not plant those vineyards. It was all him. And yet, when they got there, how quickly they forgot. How quickly they took credit or blamed the weather. No wonder he sent drought to remind them of their barrenness without him. Now, as God always does when I'm prepping for a new episode, I opened up the Valley of Vision, and on two consecutive days this week, I read about the difference between barrenness and fruitfulness. So let me read these two selections to you. Let it be then my concern to devote myself and all to thee. Make more fruitful and more spiritual. For barrenness is my daily affliction and load. How precious is time, and how painful to see it fly with little done to good purpose. I am a tree of the vineyard thou hast planted. Grant me not to be barren with worthless leaves and wild grapes. Prune me of useless branches. Water me with dews of blessing. Did you catch the life priority expressed in that pilgrim's cry to God that most of us miss out on because of our busyness? It's fruitfulness and a spiritual element to all that we do. And the opposite of that is barrenness, a lack of fruit and a lack of connection to him. All over scripture, fruitfulness and connection with God go hand in hand. What was it that Jesus said about a branch that does not bear fruit? Every branch that does not bear fruit is thrown away and withers. It's thrown into the fire and burned, John 15, 6. But the branches that do bear fruit are the ones that abide in him, because apart from him, we can do nothing, John 15, 5. Therefore, all that we prioritize in life and business should come from our abiding because that's what produces the fruit. Abiding should be our top priority because it affects everything, both in life, in our relationships, our finances, our wellness, our passions, our homemaking, and in our business, in our expertise, our impact, our service, our income. Because quite literally, apart from him, we can do nothing. Doesn't that put everything else in its proper place? That's what I call living a with God life and building a with God business. And one that does not go in barren circles of busyness, but that puts down roots in him and produces an abundant harvest of fruitfulness. 
So I want to challenge you to make spending time with him your top priority this year. And when you do, you'll easily identify the things you've been giving time, attention, or resources to that are not flowing from your with God life. So what about those two steps you promised Lissa to identify my priorities in the new year? Don't worry, I didn't forget. We always need to uproot the weeds in our heart to prepare the soil to accept what he wants to plant in it next. So here they are in case you just want to get this over with. You ready? Step one, identify your top life and business priorities. Step two, establish boundaries to protect your said priorities. Now, easier said than done. So if you want to know how to practically take those steps, I encourage you to stick around for just a little bit longer. How do you identify top priorities? It's really very simple. What is most important or most needed? In fact, if you've been around a while, you've heard me refer to the one thing focusing question that I use inside the Redeemed Midlife CEO. Here it is. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary or fill in your anchor word. Mine this year is fruitful. You can ask that question in general. What's the one thing I can do in my life such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary or fruitful. Or you can ask it for your business. What's the one thing I can do in my business such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary or fruitful. Or you can ask it more specifically. What's the one thing in my faith walk, in my marriage, in my parenting, my caretaking, my friendships, my investing, my saving, my spending, my eating, my exercising, my resting, my reading, my exploring, my creating, my cleaning, my organizing, my hosting, that would make everything else in that area easier, unnecessary, or fruitful? What is the one thing in my products or services, in my service, in my reach outs, in my follow-ups, in my marketing, in my content, in my networking, that would make everything else easier, unnecessary, or fruitful? Whatever rises to the top, I mean the very top, is what should get your priority time, attention, and resources. And if you're abiding with him, it's going to be very clear. I want to encourage you to identify one priority for life in this season and one for your business that would make the biggest difference so as not to get overwhelmed by all the good things you could be doing that will only distract from one another, which is probably the problem you've run into in the past. Did you know it wasn't until late in the 20th century that the word priority even had a plural form? Because before that, people understood priority meant only one thing could truly hold that top spot. But now we've convinced ourselves that we need to have many priorities. And no wonder our withered fruit or lack thereof is the result. So if your list is long right now, don't worry. Coming up, I'm going to teach you how to follow through on the top one or two and then move on to the next one on your list and not have it take you all year. But first, after you identify the priority or priorities, you need to take this next non-negotiable step that most people who set those mostly random New Year's resolutions miss. Establish boundaries. And the simplest way to do this is by asking another question. What is less important? Or what will take away focus from this thing that I want to grow? You see, if you've already taken the time to identify the seeds you want to plant, water, nurture, and cultivate so they can grow and produce fruit, you certainly want to keep the weeds and the critters out of the area. In fact, the farther away, the better, because, well, it's way too easy for what you don't want to grow or creep in 
take over and pull things up by the root and carry them away. And then what fruit will you have? For your life priority and business priority, you're going to need to identify what people or things outside you, as well as the tendencies and old patterns inside you, are going to distract your attention away from what you said mattered. Let me give you a few personal examples. So for example, one life priority that I set last year was to honor the Sabbath. It wasn't that I didn't go to church on Sunday. I did. But I wasn't truly setting aside one entire day in my week as holy unto the Lord with the express purpose of resting in him and reconnecting with him and what he has called me to. Too often, it was easy for chores or laundry or messages or emails or other tasks to get in the way of truly resting. And so I had to set some clear boundaries to not catch up on my work or chores on Sunday, but to plan to do it all Monday through Saturday, to not stay up late Saturday night in order to be alert and focused Sunday morning in worship, to not answer work emails or messages, let alone open or read them on Sundays, to turn off my phone notifications and stop scrolling and trolling on social, even to not set Monday appointments so that I wasn't distracted on Sunday by what I needed to do to hit the ground running and be prepared. Does that make sense? I challenge you to do the same process of setting boundaries to protect your priority, whether it's in your faith walk, your family, your friendships, stewardship, wellness, passion, or dwelling. And then in the area of business, I set a boundary around my use of social media. You see, for over 10 years, I'd been told that to have an online business, I had to show up on multiple platforms, multiple times a day, and document hourly in my stories to engage my audience. I shudder to think at how many hours of my life I lost to that endeavor, endeavor with little fruit to show for it. And even for a time, paying someone else to do it for me. Ah! I knew for my own well-being, as well as that of my relationships and business, I needed to set healthy boundaries around my time on social. And so I chose one platform and happily removed the rest from my phone and laptop bookmarks. And I chose the specific time that I would go on to engage and share value that truly served others, not just what got them into my DMs. And I let go of looking at the numbers of likes or even the numbers of comments, although I do love hearing if what you read resonates with you. I left behind trying to turn the algorithm in my favor by engaging for a set number of minutes before posting or going live. I left behind posting just to post and creating stories just to get people to look at me. And I have to say, I have not missed any of it. In fact, it hasn't affected my business at all, other than that it's given me more time to grow the podcast and to make authentic connections. And it's actually produced multiple times the fruit. So, what is the top priority that you want to focus on growing in relation to your business in this season of the new year? What things outside or inside you could possibly distract from that? And what boundaries will you build to protect them? It's really simple. Identify your priority and establish boundaries to protect it. And trust that if he's given you the vision, he will give you the provision to produce a harvest of fruitfulness for his glory. And if there are any giants standing in your way, Lock arms with him, and he will fight for you and with you. In fact, I also believe he has given us one another to lock arms with as well. So come join us inside the community where we're talking more about today's community question. What is one priority you will commit to and one or more boundaries you will set to protect it? In that this case, more is better. I'd love to not only support you inside the community with engaged encouragement, but also inside the Redeemed Midlife CEO with the systems and higher level support to not quit 
till you've taken the promised land that he's given you a vision of. Speaking of which, let's pray. Dear Father, we come before you. And God, we confess that we often look at the giants that seem so big, and we fail to look at you who truly are bigger than anything else. Help us to see you who are above it all, not the giants who are above us. And Lord, this year, may we prioritize abiding with you so that you produce such an abundant harvest of fruitfulness that it points others to you and not to us. Thank you that you have not left us alone. You have given us the vision and the provision, and you've given us one another to be on this journey with. And Lord, we can't wait to see what this year holds when we prioritize the things that truly matter and protect them from the things that will distract. And so we give the rest of this year to you, expectant of the work that you're going to do and willing to do the work ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, friend, I'll see you over inside the Redeem Her Time community where we'll talk more about this. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And until next time, remember, you do have all the time you need for what he has called you to in this season and in light of eternity. Follow his example to create a rightly ordered schedule and a rightly ordered heart because you are here for such a time as this. Hey, before you go, I pray this episode blessed you, challenged you, and moved you to take action. So what was the one thing God showed you today? I'd love to hear. So would you take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It makes my heart smile. And that way I know you're liking the show. And it helps other busy Christian women, just like you, find real life answers too. Speaking of which, grab the link and share this with someone you know that's been praying for a breakthrough. And don't forget to come join the after party inside the Redeem Her Time community. We're not just about knowing, we're about doing together. Head on over to redeemhertime.com to join the community, leave a question to be featured on the podcast, schedule a free 15-minute strategy session, or all the above. Of course, I'll drop the link in the show notes because I know you're a busy girl. Look carefully then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16. I'll see you in a few days, friend. God bless.